Welcome to this week's podcast of Things You Should Know to Make Your Business Grow. I'm Mark Magnaka, the CEO and founder, and I'm very pleased to have Go-To-Market Global, GTM Global, as our guest today. And we have the two founders, Mark Stimfig and Ian Collins. Mark, would you like to say hello? Hi there, Mark. It's great to be uh, on this podcast. Great to have you here. Ian Collins? Uh, Mark, thank you so much for inviting us here today. It's wonderful to, to join you. Wonderful to have you both here. So for our listeners, Go to Market Global is an organization uh, based in London in the United Kingdom who helps businesses go around the world. So why don't we ask uh, Mark and Ian to tell us a bit more about the, the story and what's the history uh, behind GTM Global. Mark Stimfig, perhaps you can tell us. Sure, Mark. It all started about uh, uh, four or five years ago when I was working for London and Partners, and I'd been commissioned by uh, a North American marketing agency based in Irvine in California to funnel uh, prospective uh, clients uh, from the UK who they'd be interested in to go into the North American market. And every quarter, we put on physical events uh, at uh, the, the, the lovely swanky offices at London and Partners, and this US team would fly over, and we'd run what we would call what we called go-to-market workshops, where we put in front of uh, these American guys a whole series of uh, startup and scale-up companies from the Mayor of London's program who were interested in expansion in North America. And actually, it, it, the program went really well, and it was great to have the support of the Mayor of London's office. But after a, um, uh, a few of these uh, these events, I bumped into Ian, who was invited to be one of the mentors uh, at these gigs. And Ian, do you want to sort of give a sense of what we talked about and, and how this changed our lives? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Mark. Um, and it was quite interesting to see the um, exciting scale-up brands that go through the London Partners program all very busy executives running successful UK businesses and looking to expand internationally. And we recognize that one of the key problems they have is, is time, is the amount of time that they have to go on a, um, a program that requires a lot of education and theoretical work and, and lots of presentations. You know, they're, they're running a business, so it's very hard to, to generate that time. So Mark and I got together and said, hey, uh, it, it's got to be a better way of doing this. Could we find a, a quicker, more effective use of time? And we designed what became the basis of the GTM Global Proposition is a workshop format where we have one-to-one um, -one breakout sessions with uh, trade advisors, commercial partners, in-country specialists that really know how to accelerate uh, someone's international uh, market entry and expansion. So what's really exciting about GTM Global and, and what you do, and Ian, you mentioned this, and Mark, you came back to the, the, the founding story, is you really give pragmatic advice, and I, that's what we find so compelling about it. We're very pleased to participate in the sessions. And you have this uh, unique ability to, to bring in businesses who are really interested, not in the theory, but they want to know the practical next steps to succeed in, from a UK perspective, what are all overseas markets. Uh, can you tell us a bit about the, how you go through of 
selecting the delegates because not everyone can attend these sessions. It's obviously, you know, something very special for somebody to to get through your criteria. What do you look for for people joining these opportunities? Mark, that's really interesting. And we would call this part of our curation process because essentially what we're looking for is companies who are ready, companies who can press a button. They may be time poor, but they, if they got the right advice from the right people, they will be prepared to commit and go. What they're not prepared to do is to pay a pile of money to a large global corporate consultancy. But it's all about right size advice and connecting them to the right type of partners, not just from a marketing perspective, although marketing is super important, but around marketing, how do they support their operations? How do they fund their operations? What is their tax liability? What is their legal risk? And where in a particular country can they set up in to make those operations successful? Because international expansion is a risky business. There's a lot to get right and there's a lot to get wrong. And if we can give them prescient, timely advice with the right advisors, that's the power of GTM. Uh, absolutely. We've seen that with different uh, participants that we've met. And Ian, I guess when you were there and you first met Mark as a mentor, you obviously realized that opportunity as well to you know, help organizations uh, that are ready, willing and capable to succeed in these new markets. Yeah, and you know, Every organization has its own specific needs. Of course, the, the ingredients that Mark's talking about there are common across every uh, expansion or market entry uh, project. Um, but understanding the needs, the individual needs of those organizations is critical to being able to align those needs with the relevant advice and, and guidance. So we could have, for example, an organization that needs to um, put in place a warehousing, uh, thinking about e-commerce now, a warehousing solution, a last mile distribution. They may have a need to connect with uh, a marketing organization that can help with their market entry strategy. You know, competing in the US in the digital space, you're uh, competing against some masters of that uh, world. So how are you going to drive your uh, competitive advantage and get a unique positioning and so on. So that's one scenario. At the other extreme, we could have a SaaS business looking to sell online and their needs aren't so much about physical capability, but about routes to market, finding um, partners, uh, channel partners uh, and building out the network. And then if you have a company with, uh, let's say, a medical physical product, they then have to find the relevant supply chains, again, partners, and also connect into the sort of legislative and uh, regulatory landscape that's required in order to get the approvals to, to play in that space overseas. So there's a whole raft of different angles. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, that, Ian, that's, that's really interesting. And I think one of the key things is that you've had over 4,000 different companies go through your programs. Wow, that's a that's a great seal of approval to think of all those organizations you've helped in their market expansion. Mark that's, a, Mark, that's a really good point. And part of what we've recognized is that international expansion isn't a destination, it's a journey. So what we find, uh, which is really powerful, is that these companies don't just attend once. They come back and they ask for more 
uh, either in terms of different markets that they're looking to go into or different types of advice because once let's say for example you land on the east coast of north america and you serviced an east coast market you're then looking to expand your either your supply chain or your points of reference and you can't just do that from say dc you've got to look at maybe the west coast and another pivot point or canada and so it's about helping them on their journey not as a static set of bits of advice frozen in in ice uh, it, it's very much a, a moving part very impressive have they all been looking to expand to north america or the other geof geographical locations you're helping people succeed in yeah that number actually mark surprised us uh, the fact that we've seen over 4000 uh, uk companies really um, set against the backdrop of brexit and covid still hugely ambitious looking to uh, expand internationally and the answer is uh, although there are a large number of companies heading off to the us and uh, canada uh, probably in the region 60 70 percent of the companies we see we also work with organizations going into the middle east we do some work in europe uh, we also do a lot of work in uh, East Asia and Australia. What's really interesting is, uh, that, say, the 70, 80% of companies that go into North America, uh, America's the, uh, also a proving ground. If they can go there, they also look at other, you know, jurisdictions, regions. So it's really a mixture, but a lot of people seem to feel if they can do America, other other areas become uh, possible too. Yeah, and, yes. and I think it's worth adding in there, Mark, um, what we're seeing also is companies that we meet that maybe are um, going from the UK into the USA and then thinking about the Middle East. We're also now meeting companies in the Middle East who are looking to go into the UK and the USA. And if you think about it, global uh, trade these days isn't about going from a UK centric position to uh, another overseas territory. It's about connecting uh, cities and in our case, tech and tech-enabled cities anywhere in the world. And in fact, our platform is has been built to to facilitate that. And uh, in the last couple of months, we've done a couple of virtual trade missions for organisations in Canada, health tech, med tech companies in Canada coming to the UK and and Europe. That's a good example of how we, uh, in in that case, uh, from Vancouver coming into London. Good example of a tech city to another tech city. That's fantastic, Mark. Ian's raised a really interesting point there about how also um, cities are pivot points for uh, uh, different sectors uh, to coalesce. And then once they've got a certain um, critical mass, they automatically look for other regions of the world that have similar infrastructures. Um, and therefore, that city to city piece, I think, is going to be really interesting and um, expanding dynamic uh, over the next five years, rather than just looking at kind of nation state trade. Uh, that sort of it's, it's almost going back to the Renaissance in a funny sort of way. Yes, I mean, with city to city trade, it, it kind of makes sense if you're a, you know, like Singapore is a successful city in its own right, although it's a, a city state, you know, that obviously you can match up with London or different places. And I think you're right, the, the city city uh, competition and, you know, their frenemies is going to become more and more important because that's where all these connections happen in terms of the density of the networks and the critical mass for new businesses, especially tech businesses to take off from.
Yeah, and I think also uh, a lot of the uh, our sense is that the, the political power is shifting more to th these places as well, um, because th that's where the growth is. Um, and that's where the demand is too. So yeah, I think there's some really interesting uh, dynamics that are coming. And that obviously means that we, uh, the, the, depending on which part of the world, we, we work with multiple different partners that cover uh, different jurisdictions or different regions that uh, are either interested in continuing to get more foreign direct investment into their region, or alternatively helping companies from their region uh, grow and expand elsewhere. Yes, so uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think go-to-market global is known for the quality of its partners and you have quite a strong network of people who can help organizations who can help companies succeed around the world or come into the UK. Would you like to talk a bit about your partner network and your expectations of them and what they deliver for your delegate? Sure, Mark. I, I think our partner network falls into three categories. The first category is um, what I would call, I suppose, government or governmental, which is aligning what we do uh, with uh, the strategies that governments already want uh, to enable and, and promote, which is obviously about export growth, um, expansion. Um, and it's not so much, and we do get uh, paid for and we do get commissioned by particularly the Department for International Trade, not all the time, but it's about an alignment and making sure that, um, particularly in the scale-up space, um, where government is a bit thin, just because there are all sorts of different other things they need to do, that we can gap fill and we can provide cohesive support which they endorse. So that, that would be the, the first group. The second group, which actually is quasi-governmental, but uh, we call them trade bodies or trade organizations, is really we're working increasingly with different economic development organizations in different regions of the world. And again, that plays into the city-state model, where these are public-private partnerships of a region. Uh, they're not-for-profit, and their, their whole kind of modus operandi is around uh, growth for the region, either by helping the region become more successful economically, or as I said earlier, helping companies from their region expand and land somewhere else. And because they're public-private partnerships, they have some, some fantastic regional networks with large corporates, with um, uh, universities, and also with local government. And that mixture of, uh, of different bodies, I think, is really powerful. And then I guess the third group is the, just the commercial partners we work with. And these could be either large corporates or they could be smaller um, specialist uh, groups or, or organizations who have a real knowledge of a particular sector or a real understanding of a particular region. And their expertise, their what we would call right-size advice in connecting with that um, uh, overstretched um, C-suite business owner who hasn't got the time to find them. And us being able to put them in front of those resonant experts is really, really important. Yes, without a doubt. And I think what you're talking about when you know companies look at expanding to different cities or uh, different geographies, you know, some always think that if you're a UK-based firm, you think if I can succeed in North America, I can go to other places because APAC obviously represents huge opportunities for firms around the world and local firms within the APAC region. 
So it's a very competitive market. So it's not a place to go to if you haven't got your value proposition, your business model and everything sorted out because the competition is extremely intense. You're so right, Mark. And as you know, being the, the, the astute marketeer you are, um, how you position your product or your service in different regions, different countries is 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 is, is really an assessment of the, the different marketplaces there. And that adaption uh, is, is really pivotal. And in fact, uh, Mark, just picking up on that, the um, partners in our network are uh, a good mix, offer a good mix of advice and guidance and insights and connections in not only that go-to-market entry strategy and the positioning you've just spoken about, but also around the compliance, the cultural, the behavioral, the routes to market, all of those wider things. And having that partner network with a mix of uh, skills and experience, knowledge and connections means that we can align the needs of individual companies who come through our program with exactly the sort of resource that they need to make it effective use of their time and to give them a really good uh, leg up in a way in terms of uh, their um, chances of success and risk reduction. Yeah, Ian has sort of highlighted a really interesting point because almost every company that comes onto the GTM gigs, all clearly they're looking to build sales, but what they don't always realize is that is what I would call that 360 approach is that sales in their own right aren't sustainable or growable unless you worked out what the operational structure or the strategic positioning is around supporting and growing those sales. So, um, you know, if you're a lot of what GTM is about is actually giving them in other inflection points that complement and sustain sales or maybe just actually holding them back a little bit and saying actually it's not about going into the whole of North America maybe you just need to start from a region or if you're going into the Middle East actually there's a different model and maybe you look need to look at different inflection points uh, and so those inflection points to us are very variable but I think that's one of the key uh, benefits of the GTM program is 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 we've built up this database of companies, as we said, the 4,000 of them, and collating those inflection points and being able to then recognise different companies in different stages and and suggesting different activities based upon regions or uh, business channels, I, I think is a, a really strong point of the the GTM ecosystem. The uh, potential delegates who come on the GTM program. I mean, you curate these and look at these, I guess, which sort of companies do you look for? What's kind of the criteria they have to have? Or maybe it's better to say these sort of companies don't really benefit as much from the program because they're not really ready to go overseas. You've seen 4,000 companies. You must have some insights in terms of, you know, the program's perfect for these, but these ones need to spend some more time in prep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a very salient point, Mark. And, and we, we always say we get three types of uh, people registering for our events. The first, which we almost automatically exclude, are consultants who simply come on, see the gig, and think, "Oh, we'll come on and we'll network into the network." And that isn't what we we will do. So we exclude those. And then the other two categories are actually companies who have ambitions uh, and um, uh, vision to go 
global or go into a particular marketplace. And either uh, they could be, in some cases, too small. They could be startups who are, are, are actually thinking about thinking about thinking about it. Uh, but what we tend to do with them is try and point them in direction of uh, content uh, and, and also say to them, you know, uh, we'll keep you on our database, we'll keep mailing you, but this event isn't quite right for you yet. Uh, and then there is the categories, obviously, of those companies who we think uh, would benefit from being connected to our partner network, who we we look at in terms of having a capacity to expand into a region or into a country within a six-month to a year period, and therefore, and have some uh, revenue uh, or investment to enable that to happen. So those are the kind of organisations that we would uh, directly curate and engage with and then uh, uh, look to partner with some of our, our, our networks. I'll add to that, Mark, because the other piece we see is that uh, organizations in different stages of their journey, their international expansion journey, and we, we group these into four categories. The, the first being discovery, where the organization is really looking to explore and understand the opportunities in a particular region. Uh, the next stage is planning, where they've uh, decided in principle where they're heading, but now they need to do a little bit more detailed discovery and planning around their market entry uh, strategy and operational plans. Then there's the execution stage, which follows, and uh, the needs at that stage are more about uh, regional resources rather than uh, research work. And of course, once they've successfully entered the market, then there's a growth stage. And again, their needs vary, uh, are quite different at, at that stage. And we see uh, companies in each of those stages and um, ranging, uh, in fact, in, in revenue terms from typically 2 million to 100 million uh, sterling plus. That's the sort of range across multiple sectors that we see. Wow, you have uh, a great uh, client base who comes to you for assistance in going global. Now, coming back to the UK for a second, who's readjusting its trading relationships and looking at new markets, I understand that uh, the UK government is now providing uh, some assistance. Of course, it's not going to change the world, uh, but every business person you know, wants to make they can tap into different funding that is available. Can you talk a bit more about some recent initiatives that might be of interest for those listening today? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think this is really important, Mark, because the um, there's often a lot of uh, confusion around the support that the government offers for SMEs. And in this instance, I think they've really nailed it. And uh, the internationalization fund uh, gives the organizations who are eligible organizations, and the eligibility is quite broad, in fact, um, gives them um, uh, up to 9,000 pounds of uh, match funding support for a project related to international expansion of some sort. Uh, we have been now, and this, this scheme is relatively new, in the last uh, two or three workshops, we've talked to about uh, 20 companies who are looking at using the scheme or have already signed up to it and the sort of activity that they're looking at uh, doing is around uh, business development, research, the localization needs 
and also for some, even at the early stage, thinking about their market entry strategy and how they plan out and do the market validation. And those are areas, in fact, where um, just recently GTM Global has um, put in place uh, a, a small program to help those companies with exactly that, with the uh, a framework for developing their go-to-market strategy and plans. And we've done that uh, in conjunction with the partners in the GTM network so that we've got some really salient and relevant uh, regional expertise and advice available. So uh, uh, here's a bit of a plug, but I would recommend any organization looking at market entry to come and have a look at the GTM framework. Uh, and it comes back, Mark, to uh, I think what, we, what we've always said, this is about right size advice for companies in that scale up zone who uh, if, if 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 we can help them, we can probably save them three to six months of of effort and connections. That that, that if they didn't, if we didn't connect them or didn't uh, pass on the knowledge and advice that we've accumulated, they would have to spend a lot more time and a lot more effort and a lot more money uh, enabling and finding themselves. And 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 just one more point there is is about that we use the term game changing because very often the connections that we are able to make for the companies in our workshops with strategic sales opportunities channel partners even joint ventures and i can recall one occasion where one of the brands in the workshop was offered on the spot um, an acquisition an opportunity to be acquired by a large american organization who had seen the value of the proposition they had and recognized that one of the best ways to get that company's route to market was to use the organization as a channel for that purpose. And what a great uh, strategic investment uh, that turned out to be. So that's the sort of game-changing um, connection that we like to bring. That's a, that's a great way to finish up the conversation because we certainly think Go to Market Global uh, is game-changing for firms who are uh, going into new markets and we've been impressed as being uh, part of your partner uh, network at, at the quality of the delegates come through and their commitment on their way to becoming inter international firms. So I'd like to thank uh, both of you for joining me today. Uh, Mark Stimfig and Ian Collins from Go to Market Global. It's great to have two founders on the program. And I know we'll have a lot of our listeners looking at uh, how do I sign up for Go to Global? So they should go to gotomarket.global. And there they can find all the information to see if they qualify and make it through your vetting process to participate in some of these game changing sessions. So, once again, thank you both for uh, joining us today at uh, Things You Should Know to Make Your Business Grow. Mark, thank you.